Welcome to episode 83 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. I am Scott Sturman, and as most of you guys know, Matt Deitch is out of the studio. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I guess there was only one other person to call, and that's our buddy Craig Euler. Craig, how's it going? Fantastic. How are you, buddy? Oh, if I was doing any better, I'd be getting paid for it. it oh, you mean you're not getting paid for this? Well, you know. I thought I, we had this know. talk a while back that we got to start monetizing this so we can pay for our big luxurious trips we're gonna go on yeah yeah we did talk about that last time and i uh i guess i just have not been putting in the proper work to get that done wow i'm disappointed i i'm disappointed in myself i apologize for that so yeah well, consider this your warning this is the warning okay well <laughs> thank god that you gave me a warning i i uh yeah so craig uh, for for those of you guys that haven't ever listened to this podcast before, and this just so happens to be your first ever episode, Craig, uh, Craig's been on more than any other guest, uh, and Craig's from out in Rapid City, South Dakota. So, uh, you know, to get to get this podcast started here, Craig, uh, you know, Rapid City and the Black Hills, you know, it's really kind of got a Western theme to it. So I, I got to thinking, like, if, if you were an Old West gunslinger, what would your cowboy name be? You know, everybody's got that cowboy name. You know, there's Turkey Creek Jack Johnson, Wild Bill, Tulsa Jack, Curly Bill. You know, what what would yours be? And and it doesn't even have to have Craig in it because, like, Billy the Kid's real name was, like, Ken McCarty or something like that. Hmm. Man, you got me on the spot on that one. You haven't thought about this? No, I, I haven't, I guess. I You, you know, go- I... You go cruising through I, the Black Hills, and you don't think, like, man, what would my cowboy name be? Well, I, I don't guess I don't really, or haven't really ever thought of a name. I just figured it'd be really cool to shoot people when they piss you off, though. But right, that's right. All, the, all of my thought of the old Western days goes. You know, it uh, as far as a name, it'd have to be something with no mercy in it. No mercy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know. I, I I'm gonna think on that. Next time I'm on, I'll, I'll let you know what it is. Okay, okay. So so if you, uh, you know, like you said, if you could just shoot somebody when they pissed you off, how many kills do you think you'd have to your record? In what, the last week? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm actually a pretty easygoing guy. It takes quite a bit to get me fired up. I, I, I'd probably only have a couple hundred under my belt. A couple <laughs> couple hundred and and that was still for this week right 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 yeah right. yeah yeah but i'm pretty mild tempered you yeah know? yeah pretty even keeled <laughs> oh man all right well yeah I, I i would say like i would probably say like my name would probably have to be like gunsmoke gary or something like that that'd be a pretty sweet one. Oh man i don't know really you you've had time to think about this and that's what you came up with i mean I don't know, gun smoke. I mean, what's what's cooler than gun smoke? I don't know. Like, like I, man, like I'm, I'm from Rock Rapids, and you know that's two words. You know, if if I if it was just like Rocky, then you could be like Rocky Rick or something like that. But when you got Rock Rapids, you can't be. I don't know. It it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't. Rock su- Rapids Sweeney. <laughs> oh, the Rapid City drip. <laughs> wow we went south didn't we yeah 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 that kind of went off the rails so well let's let's actually start talking fishing now uh uh 
for for the uh, everybody who's on Facebook, everybody's seen that deal that's kind of been going around on Facebook the last uh, little while here. Um, with uh, if if you had to only fish for three fish, or you know the rest of your life, or or you got to pick three fish, and and uh, there's smallmouth, largemouth, walleye, muskie, uh, pike, crappie, bluegill, perch, catfish, sturgeon, lake trout, and rainbow trout, and. Uh, Obviously, everybody's seen it. We posted it on our page, Craig. I think you posted it on your page. And uh, when you when you first took a look at that, what were the fish that you figured would be the majority? Well, well, let's start off. What would your three fish be? Okay, I, I was I was thinking about this. I want you to guess what you think my three fish would be. Well, I would in say no, in no particular order. I would say obviously the lake trout would be on there. I believe yep. that the walleye would be on there. Yep. And I would say the perch. Well, you nailed it, buddy. God dang it. You got to be good at something, and you might as well be good at <laughs> guessing people's favorite fish. There you go. All right, so then I was thinking about yours. Okay. It's got to be largemouth bass. I'm going to say bluegill and then rainbow trout. You know, I, I, I would say you could very well be right dead on there. I uh, I love bluegill. That's no doubt about it. And and through the ice, I just absolutely love rainbow trout. Uh, largemouth bass, is is that's got to be right in there. If it's not in my top three, it's, it is number four. Smallmouth are really there. I've never caught a muskie. So that is, uh, that's one thing that I feel like if I had probably caught one, that would probably jump right into number three or, you know, the top three. But sure. for the sole fact that I can't tell you that it would be my favorite because I've never caught one. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of trouble, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, I, I was going to throw catfish in there for you just because I'm a jerk, but I decided not to. Hey, I love catfishing. Do you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can't stand it. Really? Just because just yeah, you don't care enough? I think part of it is... You know, growing up as a kid fishing on the my my grandparents had about three miles of the Belfouche River that flows through their property, and we'd go sit on the banks and and catfish, and you just you always get so muddy and the bugs and just everything about catfish and just is torture, you know, other than catching fish. And I, I just never really was fired up to go do it. I'd rather go to the bass ponds and throw throw baits for bass or something like that i guess well that doesn't surprise me there <laughs> now but, now do you, do you think that like to be a to be an avid cat fisherman you almost got to have a pack of smokes and some beers don't you at least a beer anyway right uh, i think you got to yeah, have just, beer yeah you know in that i guess the flathead thing that that's intriguing just because they get so big, you know, that right. might be a whole different ball game, but I've never caught a flathead. So I can't speak for that. But just going out and chasing 18 inch channels is not your uh, cup of tea. No, not even a little bit. Right on. Well, uh, I actually, I actually, uh, tallied up the score, um, on our personal, uh, Midwest angler podcast, Facebook page for, uh, um, what people's favorite fish was and and i guess it was no surprise out of 43 votes 36 people picked the walleye 36 out of 43 that was only seven people that didn't 
that's that's really i mean i guess that's not surprising but it is pretty amazing really yeah i i'm not surprised by that either i guess i i didn't tally mine up just because i'm not as prepared as you but uh the walleye were definitely the majority i i mean i it would really that is no surprise um what what rounded off your other two then uh the other two was the crappie and the perch and you know, I guess when you really sit down and think about, you know, north, northeast South Dakota and, you know, the heart of Minnesota and whatnot, I mean, I guess that's not really that surprising neither. You know what I mean? Yep, and that's, that's where my page was at too. So I guess those three must be the most popular species around in the Midwest. Yeah. Anyway. Right. But, you know, one thing that surprised me, you know, we, we obviously mentioned that, that your favorite fish would be the lake trout. But uh, out of 43 people, eight people actually picked the lake trout, which, you know, at first it's like, wow, you know, that, that's not very good. But in the grand scheme of things, I mean, that beat out rainbow trout, sturgeon, catfish, muskie, and it was tied, tied with the pike and the largemouth. When you really sit down and think about that, I mean, how many how many lakes in South Dakota actually have lake trout? Two? Just two, yeah. Is there any place in North Dakota? Um, you know, I know there are some in the Missouri River system, so there could possibly be some up on Sakakalia, but I really doubt it. Right. And I, I'm sure, I know there's some in Oahe, but there's not a targetable number of them. You, you couldn't go say, I'm going to lake trout fish and catch one. Right. So, so yeah. As far as fishable ones, no. I, I just there's nothing in North Dakota, and um, yeah, you got to get into Montana or Canada, really. Right, and I think northern northern Minnesota has a has some lake trout. Yeah, yeah, there is, and Superior, I guess, suppose. Right, but I mean that. I guess at the end of the day, what you know, what I'm saying is that really is pretty crazy that eight people out of forty three picked lake trout when they are such a tough fish to potentially target, you know, in our area. Yeah, you know, I, I'm just scrolling through mine, and it looks like I have right around that seven or eight. Then I had some jackwad said if he could eat the fish, he'd even go after the lake trout. <laughs> oh, but my gosh. Who would only say, if he could eat them. Who would you say such that? a thing? Yeah, look, what's his name? Scott Stewerman. Scott Stewerman. Uh, Sounds like... Look that guy up. Sounds like a good guy. <laughs> now, now that we got you on, Craig, uh, you know I know that you're big into uh, Traeger grills and whatnot. What is your favorite lake trout recipe uh, with those backdoor oh, yeah. lakers? I can proudly say that I've never eaten a Black Hills lake trout. I know, I know that that proudly say it. That was kind of borderline shot below the belt, and I apologize. Yeah, it for was. That. I, I, I was trying not to get the old west no mercy name out when you said that but um <laughs> there it was let it slide right now yeah one or one or two hundred is now like one or two hundred and one people in and the last one. week <laughs> <laughs> now uh <clears throat> so you know looking over all those uh looking over all those fish obviously we've mentioned the walleye and obviously we've mentioned the lake trout and craig you uh you actually got fortunate enough to take a very very cool trip here last week uh, targeting those two species tell us about that trip and where you went oh my god i tell you what i am embarrassed to say that 
I, I had my first trip to Fort Peck up in Montana. I, I mean, you know, it's kind of a relatively unknown body of water. It's on the Missouri River, so it's huge. I mean, it's 135 miles long. There's 50 species of fish in it. Um, it's just this monster deep body of water, but it it just it flies under the radar, and it really surprises me. And for me, it's a five-and-a-half, six-hour drive. And and why I haven't been up there before is beyond me, but I all I can do is dream about the next time I'm going up there because it is so awesome. And, and you know, one thing that just blows my mind, we were up there just to target lake trout and walleye. That's what we wanted. And, and for the people that aren't familiar with it, I mean, it is known for huge walleyes. In fact, we got up there on a Sunday and on Friday and Saturday was the Montana's governor's cup, which was on Fort Peck and the winning weight over two days with 10 fish was 80.97 pounds. I mean, that just blows my mind. And so, so we're there the day after this tournament and there was over a hundred fish caught over eight pounds that were weighed in. And we're there the following day and there's 25 boats on the lake. 135, and, and granted, I can only see 15, 20 miles of it, but there's 25, maybe 30 boats out there, and that's it. And it just it is flies under the radar. And, um, you know, like I said, we were out there chasing lake trout too, and we got up there. I went with Chris Peters and Brian Cavanaugh, two of my favorite fishing buddies, and we got our, the camper set up, and then we jumped in the boat, got out on the water, and within 15 minutes, I had a 10-pound laker caught i mean it was just so cool so cool and yeah that wouldn't it, suck yeah no but the the one thing i will say about fort peck is it's montana and since it's such a big body of water the wind always blows and we we got there sunday we fished for i don't know three four hours and then brian and chris turned into crybabies we got up at two that morning and <laughs> and uh you know, headed out and they were talking about being hungry and tired. I mean, it was flat calm out there. And I'm like, guys, we should just fish. And I finally couldn't handle the wine. And so I was like, well, screw it. Let's go in. So we went in and, and we ate a, a great meal and, um, you know, just kind of packed her in for the night. Well, then the next day she's blowing 30 and we couldn't even get out to where we were lake trout fishing. So we were stuck fishing in the bays and then Chris, I love that guy to death, but he has a goal to say, man, I wish we'd have stayed out later last night and taken advantage of the flat water. <laughs> I'd have thrown him out of the boat, but it was his boat, so I didn't. <laughs> yeah, you can't do that. No, no, but uh, but no, in all seriousness, it, it was just it cool because even when the wind's keeping you from fishing the, the uh, main body, which, you know, we're in a 19-foot lund, and, and it's plenty of boat to handle those four or five footers, but it's just not fun fishing in that kind of, you know, waves, you know, it's just, it, it's not fun. And so we held to the bays and even when we're in the bays, we're catching walleyes, you know, we're trolling spinners and doing whatever we can to, to figure out a consistent bite and everything we did, we caught fish. So that's pretty cool when you go to something that big and, and you know, just everything about it, but we were able to get stuff kind of dialed in. Um, so we were there for, you know, three days and that on Wednesday was our last day 
up there. We had about four hours to fish when we finally got this bite put together, but it was about a 14 mile run on the boat. And we got up there and man, shiver minnows. I, I don't know if you fished with the shiver minnows, but that is probably one of the funnest fights I've ever been on. You know, it, uh, uh, Keith Devise kind of made him popular. He won a tournament a few years back where he would, uh, find fish on the side scan and then he'd cast them with those shiver minnows and they dart off to the side when you rip them and they're heavy. They're like an ounce. So you cast them out as far as you can and you just start ripping it back and reeling and ripping. And, and then when one time when you go to rip it, it, it fights back and you got a fish on him. And, and, uh, we got into a pretty good bite doing that. And Brian caught a nice, you know, five, six pounder. And then like 10 minutes later, he got into something that was absolutely monstrous. We never got a full on length look at the fish, but the head coming up, it was just, it was gigantic. You know, it was all of eight pounds, but probably closer to 10, 11 pounds from what I could tell by the size of that fish's head, but it went under the boat and broke the line. So we never got to, <laughs> never got to put that one in the net. So but, you were, uh, so you were catching both Lakers and walleye when you were doing this. No, no, that was just walleye. That was strictly there. walleye. Okay. Strictly walleye. Yeah. I know the lake trout, you, you got to go out deep for that. And, and what we kind of did was we'd figure out, you know, it seemed like 20 foot was the magic number to be pulling spinners. So we'd just get the bottom bouncers going out the back of the boat and then just start casting the shorelines with the shiver minnows. And, you know, we'd, Notice we're getting more bites about halfway through, so then we'd cheat the boat in a little bit and get in a little bit shallower. Well, then you're casting into weeds, so it's kind of finding that happy medium of the the contour you wanted the boat to go in, and uh, then casting the shorelines. But that was just all walleyes doing that. Okay. Uh, and yeah, that uh, that that the lake trout, you pretty much got to go out and find structure in the main lake and get deep for them, you know. So. Like how how deep are you talking? Like I mean, what's the deepest you ever seen on on I, on a depth finder there? Gosh, I think we saw 170, but I think it gets quite a bit deeper than that. Even. Really? Yeah, but we were you know in that 90 to 120 foot of water range. Wow! And like you could consistently see in there, so you're just fishing, you know, heavy tube jigs or swim bait jigs, stuff like that. Okay. Huh. Now you now you mentioned uh, making a fourteen mile run and uh, with with the heavy winds. I mean, you 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 aren't just going to go out there with a John boat. I mean, tell us tell us. I mean, how big are these waves? I mean, what do you think a person needs for a boat to to legitimately have a chance at four peck? Well, when we first started talking about this trip, uh, Chris. Well, he's a full-time National Guard, and that was supposed to be his drill week. But that was the only weekend that was going to work for me and Brian. And so we thought, well, we're just going to have to go without Chris. And, you know, thought our plan would be you'd take my boat. I've got a 17-and-a-half-foot Crestliner with a 90-horse on it. And after being out there, there is no way I'm taking that boat up to a four-pack. I mean, it is it ain't happening. I mean, we would have been fine. We would have been smart about it, but we would have been – hugging shorelines and uh you know instead of going 50 uh, miles an hour making that run we'd be doing 20 along the shoreline and instead of 14 miles by the time you weave in and out of all the the shore it'd probably been a 20 mile run so right so i don't know i mean you, you definitely want a, a deeper v boat and 
I, I would think a 150 at the minimum just to, to stand a chance out there, you know. Because even, even the wind comes up out of nowhere and it lays down just as fast. That's what's crazy is you're in some brutal, nasty waves and just all at once it calms down and, and it's comfortable again. And, but it'll come right back if you let it, you know. So um, I, I know I am in the market for a new boat now because that's way too close and way too good efficient uh, for me not to take advantage of it. And, and you don't want to be always relying on uh, Chris and his boat. So, you know, I, I just – I am definitely going to start looking for something a little more worthy of that big water. Uh, go, af, after going once, how often do you think you're going to be going from here on out? <laughs> Here's a funny story. I got a phone call today from a guy that owns a pretty big construction company in town, and he was talking – to a mutual friend of ours. And, and I don't know this guy. I don't know him at all, but he was talking to this mutual friend and he was talking about going fishing up to Fort Peck. Well, my friend Elroy, you met Elroy. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know Elroy. Elroy told this guy, Bob, um, told Bob that, uh, he needed to call me cause I was just up there and I looked like I had luck. Well, so me and Bob are talking about this trip. And I'm giving him all the pointers and and I said, yeah, it's only five and a half, six hours. Yeah, you know, maybe six if you're pulling a boat. And he goes, oh, I ain't driving it. He goes, I'm flying. I'll just fly up there, hire a guy, and go out. He's like, do you want to go with? And I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going with. So I'm I'm hoping that comes to fruition because <laughs> that, that would be so ideal, just fly up there and uh, go fish for the day and be home by dinner, you know? Wow. So... So with any luck, that'll play out. So um, if, if me and Bob, which is my new best friend, Bob, if you're listening, I, I really appreciate you as a friend. Um, I, I'm hoping me and Bob make it up there five, six, seven times a year now. Right. And if, and if Bob ever actually wants to be on a podcast, he could kick you out of that airplane and I'll just head out there with him. Well, there you go. See, I think <laughs> we'll, we'll make this work for all of us. Right, right. Now, uh, now you mentioned but being... realistically to answer your question, I, I'm, I see myself going up there, you know, two, three, four times a year, you know, just it, it really, we kind of made it a bigger trip, um, pulling a camper, but a guy can get a cabin up there. And if I can pull up, you know, get up there Friday night, fish all day Saturday and most of the day Sunday and come home Sunday night, I, I mean, it's close enough as I, I drove longer for less fishing right so i might as well take advantage of it right now now you mentioned pulling a camper out you mentioned uh um you know renting a cabin you know i i, I was looking at fort peck online and it looks like the closest real city uh out there in montana um is miles city which is like two and a half hours south i mean there is nothing close i mean you met you also talked about uh you know, only seeing 25 boats out there, whatever. And, and this magnificent body of water, you know, there's, there's no people around it, whatever, uh, you know, for, for lodging, if, if somebody who's listening is thinking about going out there, what are the lodging options? Well, the bait shop, um, I don't even know what it's called. I think it might be Fort Peck bait shop. They have some cabins there. There is a motel in the town of Fort Peck. I, I, I couldn't even tell you how many people live in Fort Peck, but it's a very, very small town. Um, so, you know, there's a motel there, so you could have that, but I like the idea of the cabins, and that's probably what we'll do 
uh, the next time we're up there just because, you know, you're right next to the water then. And, um, you know, then, you know, you have the bait shop and there's a restaurant right across the street from it. So everything just kind of just makes more sense doing it that way. Right. The one-stop shop. But there's plenty of camping opportunities. You know, if you're not afraid to sleep in a tent, I mean, there's quite a few campgrounds all around. There's some primitive campgrounds um, that they, they uh, you know, are first come, first served. But, you know, they're all over. And, and we've met uh, my good buddy, Bernie Keefe. He's up out of Granby, Colorado. Um, he helped us with the lake trout thing. He's, you know, a legendary lake trout guide out there. And, and he, he kind of had some tips for us to, to get started on with that but um he where he camped he just has a pickup camper and he pulled up to one of those primitive sites and he beached his boat the whole weekend and so he never had to trailer it anywhere so that pretty slick deal there you know too so it's there's plenty of opportunity you just if you, if you think you're gonna go stay at the ritz carlton that ain't gonna happen right. no, that's for sure. right. not out in montana <laughs> nope now, uh, how, how many how many boat ramps is there? There's quite a few. Is there? Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, and they're basic. You know, they're, um, you know, there's one right there at, by the dam at the marina, which is that's really nice. The marina um, has a nice store there, um, and everyone that works there is super helpful and friendly, and they guide out of the marina. They guide out of the base shop also. So if someone's looking for a guide that. Uh, the bait shop and the four peck marina are both really, really great places to to deal with. And I mean, they're very forthcoming with information and, and, uh, you know, it, it was just really nice that way. Um, but yeah, then it seems like every, you know, there was another one, maybe a mile up river. And when we made our 14 mile run, there was a boat ramp up there. Um, but it's 30 miles of gravel. And that's the other thing you run into, you know, we stayed by the dam that's where we, we camped below the dam actually um and you know everything was nice and easily accessible but you know you get too much further away and it's all gravel roads and you know chris's boat is brand new and he just wasn't wasn't in any mood to drive down gravel roads with it so which i don't blame him oh for sure now so, yeah no it, it's, it's just cool does the water fluctuate a lot there? I mean, can can you tell, like, on the bank, was was the water high when you were there? Was it low when you were there? I mean, I, I think about Lake McConaughey. That's kind of what I've got pictured in my head, you know, that, you know, there's multiple boat ramps. It just all depends on how up and down the water is, you know, what boat ramp they use. Is, is this kind of the same there or not really? I don't know. I know it was full when we were there uh, just because I think they had a pretty good winter, but um yeah i don't know i would imagine there's got to be some fluctuation just being in an impoundment on the river but um i I can't speak for what kind of magnitude that fluctuation would be okay now now you think about it a body of water that big even if it's down a foot think of how much water that really is oh for sure i mean you know that's that's (laughs) That's millions of of gallons millions yeah trillions so yeah, what what were some of the biggest fish that you ended up, uh, you know, not necessarily you, but your crew? Well, hot hands, Brian Kavanaugh, he, he led our boat with uh, lake trout and the walleye. He got that five, six-pound walleye was our biggest in our boat, and then about a 20, 20 to 22-pound 20 lake trout. Um, 
But then uh, Bernie's boat, they had one day where they got two 28-inch uh, walleyes. Um, so, you know, those are probably the eight to nine pounders. Um, but then they, it seemed like the 20 pound range for Lake Trout was about the biggest. I, my personal biggest was probably about 15, I suppose. And Chris's was probably right around there too. Okay. Now, but, if, so, if you're going to be entering a tournament, you better have BCAV on your side right now. Oh, I, I, I think I've said this before when it comes to, uh, me fishing and, and success, uh, I I owe so much of uh, my accomplishments to Brian just because he is such a good angler. He can't help but make the people around him a better angler too. And and we always joke because he's kind of like Rain Man when it comes to reading lake maps. He's so good at just picking apart a lake map and saying, "All right, you need to go fishing here. You need to do this." Um, a while back, he was talking with Chris Peters before a tournament. And he was just explaining some of the things on a map to look for for Chris and him and his wife went out the next day, fished a spot they never fished before. And they ended up getting second place in the tournament, you know, and really? and it was a 150 team tournament. So, you know, just Brian's really, really good about picking apart those maps and, and finding it. And, and I can do it. And, and I know like with what we were doing with the lake trout up there at Fort Peck, that's all spots that we would have fished. It was just nice, you know, having Bernie saying, go here, do this. And, and everything, um, and, and like stuff like that, I, I'm good at, but you know, just the real in, intricacies, intricacies, is that the right word? I, I don't even, that sound right to me. I'm but, picking uh, up what but, you're putting down. But he's just really good at those fine details and, and making those happen, you know, and, and, uh, um, it, it pays out a lot of times, so. Now, what what were the things? I mean, was was lake maps and and uh, electronics really important uh, for your success out there on on Fort Peck? Or I mean, were you looking for you know points? Were you looking for flats? You know, how, how did you kind of decide what you were going to go after? Any kind of structure, any kind of anomaly out there in the basin, you know, just any kind of variance in depth was like, all right, let's go look at that and let's go look at this. And, and that's where, um, you know, it, it's funny how, how certain graphs and certain lake maps are better in different areas where, you know, out there, the, uh, um, hummingbird maps, uh, the fish smart or whatever those maps are, they didn't cut it, but the Lake master chip was, like spot on. I mean, yeah. that was money on Fort Peck. Um, so that was, uh, that was key in having the availability of both of them. But then what was really, really huge where, you know, we were able to, even though it was the hummingbird and it, it under the big water in the shallow water, the hummingbird was just fine. Once we got to the deep stuff, it just wasn't as detailed, but getting in shallow and, and, you know, running a trolling motor with it, uh, doing the contour lock. So it just, we say troll us in 20 foot of water. And I mean, it keeps us in 20 foot of water the whole time. That was, that was kind of the major thing, you know, just being able to stay consistent with what we were doing. And fortunately, uh, uh, Chris is pretty obsessive compulsive. So once he got a new boat, I mean, he's got all the bells and whistles and everything on it. So we were able to get all that stuff dialed right in and, and get that pretty it was pretty awesome it, it 
it definitely made me realize that I need to upgrade my my setup I've got going on. Well, you know, I mean, for prob- probably what you use your boat for mostly out there in the hills, you know, what you have is sufficient. But yeah, I guess if you're going to be targeting bigger water, it might be something that you got to look into. Yeah, and absolutely, I love my boat. I, I mean, it, it will be very, very hard for me to get rid of it, um, just because it's been such a great boat for me. But, but yeah, you know, I mean, you think about. Like out here, yes, I'll go to Orman, which is 8,000 acres, and then I'll go to Angostura, which is 4,500 acres. But otherwise, Pactola is my next biggest late at, at 800 acres. So, you know, you just don't need a huge boat for it. But but I, I can really see myself. I, I've got the walleye bug. Every year it gets worse and worse, and um, I can really see myself focusing on those uh, uh, four-pack walleye more and, and – you know, Brian and I have already talked about, you know, maybe three, four years from now, we'll try and enter that governor's cup and go, you know, yeah, we are, we're not going to do worth the crap, but you, anytime you enter a tournament, you're going to learn something. Oh, if, for if sure. you go, then, then you're going into a tournament with the wrong attitude. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, I would love to, to try it and just see, and, you know, just, uh, what we did in the four hours, uh, fishing that Wednesday morning before we took off, would the fish we caught just then would have put us in the top 50 on day one of the tournament. So, you know, I mean, there's, I'm not saying the guy would pull that off because I'm sure the spots we were fishing were probably packed full of other fishermen. But, you know, just knowing that a guy can go up there and catch some fish and, and, and now I, I, I'm confident enough I could go up there and, and fish different areas and, and have, hopefully have the same success, you know. So I think there's uh, – I don't know. I, I just – I'm anxious to try it. I'm anxious to learn more. I'm kind of at that impatient stage now where I just – I want to hurry up and get back up there because I've been thinking about other spots I want to try. And, and uh, you know, what's sad is I know Fort Peck better than I know Oahe now. Right. It's sad to think that way, but I mean, you know, I've had several people contact me after making those posts, you know, asking questions or people that have fished it before and talking about certain areas. And I'm like, oh yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And um, and and I've only explored a fifth of that lake too, so there's so much more out there. Yeah, that that's the crazy part, just the magnitude of that lake. You know, I mean. Yeah, uh, you, you, I mean, a, a monstrously huge tournament. I don't know how many people you said were in that Governor's Cup, but two hundred, I mean, two hundred. But I mean, you know, in the grand scheme of things, that's uh you know, that's not much on a lake that size. Yeah, you know, it what blew my mind is like when we made that fourteen mile run. I, granted, I know a lot of it was the mirage, but when you're fourteen miles away from the dam, you you can't see the dam anymore. You know, I mean that that's how big that is. Is you, you look certain directions and there is no shoreline there anymore. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty wild. Yeah, that is crazy. Now, Craig, uh, you talked about uh, upgrading boats there. Do you, uh, do you study boats quite a bit or not too much? Oh, I've, I'm always kind of, you know, looking at things, I guess. Study them? No. I, I mean, I know what I, what I'm looking for now. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't know. What, what do you, I guess, you I, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have said study, but, uh, you know, kind of, kind of look into boats, uh, you know, whatever. 
What, what I'm going to ask you, if, if all money was set aside or, or if you had an unlimited budget, what kind of boat would you be buying? You know, this is going to be a pretty dumb thing to say, but just for pure looks, and that's the only reason why I'd buy it is those nitros. I think those nitros are the most badass-looking boats on the water. I absolutely love them. And I I don't know why other than the looks. I, I mean, I think at the end of the day, you get a fiberglass boat and – the only real difference is the accessories in them and, and uh, the layout of them. But, but yeah, if money was no option, I would get a fiberglass boat and it would either be a Ranger or a Nitro just because I, I really, really like the looks of them. Right. Now, Dan Hogue is running one of them Nitros, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And, and that was really my first exposure. I haven't even fished out of his boat yet. Um, but he, uh, he, got that one last year and i mean i just i love the look of that thing it's such a sweet looking boat and and i mean it'll do you know 60 plus miles an hour on the water and you know it uh the guy needs to go much more than that than yeah uh, right. you know the old saying right. is if you need to go that fast maybe you should have got to the lake a little earlier <laughs> <laughs> i've never heard that one but that one's a good one <clears throat> Now, now, okay, so money aside, you know, uh, uh, you picked your favorite boat. Now, money's not an object. What are you picking as your ideal man cave or, or, or garage setup? Well, it'd have to be drive-through. Drive-through, you okay. Know, yeah, oh, yeah, no point in backing into the garage. I if never you can thought drive about right that. Yep, yep. Drive-through, and, you know, I've, I've thought about it. I... I don't have a third stall on my house but i got room to build one and i think that'll be in my near future and and there won't be a drive-through but uh you know it would just it'd have to be big enough to store all the toys and you know my boat sits where that third stall would be and you know we've had just insane amount of hailstorms this year and even though it's covered i had to go take my uh, boat cover in to get fixed because the hail uh knocked the seams out of my boat cover no you know kidding. and so yeah, it should be nice just to be able to back into the garage and not have to worry about it. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, it, uh, when I, I, I was telling you, um, the other day that we poured some concrete for a guy that has an airplane hanger and, and that was a 40 by 60 and, and just like that size seems like it'd be about right where you could throw a bathroom and a shower and a little office in one corner of it and still have room for all the toys and, and uh and everything like that and you know i a guy's got to have some couches and and a beer fridge and all that stuff in there so yeah i i don't need anything elaborate just uh just a place to store toys i i, I really I, like that drive-through option i never thought about that but i mean how stinking nice would it be to pull a pickup in a trailer in you know after a day of ice fishing and unload your shacks unload your four-wheeler whatever and you know be able to set them up right there because you got ample room and and let them thaw yep. out and you know yep. to pull the boat in there you know right next to your rod set up to get it all you know uh filled up and and you know switch out tackle and whatever i mean that that's a good idea yeah that's that's where i'm at with it but i gotta you've seen my house i, I need a different uh, different property for that ability that's for sure well you know maybe yeah. uh 
maybe that's how you can talk your wife into it. You know, I mean, hey, hey, I think, you know, we need a new place. I mean, ladies are always wanting new houses, aren't they? Yeah, I don't know. She really likes this place. It'd be tough to get her to leave. I got too good of neighbors, too. I I love my neighbors, so it'd be that that'd probably be my hardest part about ever leaving this area is just uh, leaving the neighbors. Yeah, yeah, I, I believe that. You do got a killer cool place there. You're you're far enough. It seems like you're out of the city, but yet, you know, I think if you needed a gallon of milk, it's only a short, short shot away. And Yeah, 15 minutes I can be there at the grocery store. It doesn't take that long? Yep, yep, about 15 minutes. Oh, wow. I could drive around our town twice in 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no. <clears throat> you got any other plans uh, for the rest of the summer, Craig? Well, I, I are, are we going to talk about our trip, or are we we kind of holding that one under the radar? I feel like we should talk about it. Uh, yeah, let you. I I don't know exactly what's going on. You you fill them in. Well, we you and I are going to go fish with the uh, Godfather of River Fishing. The Godfather of River Fishing. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, I mean. He's already got the title of Godfather of Ice Fishing, so we might as well call him the God. You're going to think he's a Godfather after we do this. But, yeah, no, Scott and I are going to uh, fish with Dave Gens up on the Mississippi River here in the middle of August, or beginning of August, I guess it is. And, and we are going to target the smallmouth bass, and, and I'm telling you, you are in for the ride of your life. As far it, as uh, flying up and down the river? Oh, yeah. You know, I'm sure just because it'll be your first time in a riverboat like that, he'll skip it off some rocks for you, too, just because he has to do that to newbies in the boat. <laughs> you go, that It's called a river pro, and I think the, the hole is like one-inch aluminum plate. And so he can, I mean, obviously he doesn't do it on purpose, but you can go through like just where water is riffling through and you can see rocks, and, and if you you know, bounce off a rock here, there, it doesn't hurt anything. It's a, a jet powered Verado. I think it's a 250 Verado on the back of it, but it's jet powered and, and, uh, or jet propulsion. And, uh, um, yeah, that thing's sweet. You know, you just go flying up and down the river. And the coolest part about it is, you know, he's lived on that for, man, I couldn't even tell you how many years now. It's been a long time that he's lived there. And so he knows that like the back of his hand and, he just knows this Eddie will hold some smallmouth and this one will have some. And and he's caught the same fish, you know, five, six times a summer because I guess they're not much of a wandering fish when they're in the river systems like that. Right. So he'll go to the same spot and he'll catch this fish. It's like, oh, yeah, same one I caught last week. And <laughs> oh, let there's him go. Daryl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, that that's pretty cool. You know, he just he knows those spots and and it's uh, a form of drop shotting, but it's not quite drop shotting. Uh, but um, yeah, it's fun. It's a lot of fun, and I'm really really looking forward to to seeing you get into a tussle with your your first twenty incher out of there. Because I'm telling you that, and I guess you're familiar with it. With uh, you got smallmouth in the river that runs through Rock Rapids, didn't you? Oh yeah, yep, yep. But not yeah, I, I don't know, we may not have that size. But but just I think those river run smallies fight so much harder than a, a lake run one, you know. And, oh, for and, sure. They they yeah, they yeah. they work their whole entire life battling current and whatnot. They're just they're yep. a, they're a mean fish. Yeah, and and so that's going to be uh that's going to be fun just uh 
for for that and and you know it's just such a great time hanging out and we'll stay up there at his place and play cribbage with him and and uh you know just hear stories i mean you talk about a wealth of knowledge i, I mean you don't even have to ask him a question he'll just he'll, he'll just talk and you'll learn stuff you know and so that's pretty awesome too no, I'm I'm definitely pumped up about it. I'm de- I'm I'm pumped up to get out there on that river. I'm pumped up, uh, you know, obviously just to, you know, peel knowledge off that guy as you know, try to soak up as much as what I can. And uh, no, I've I've never been that far north in Minnesota. I mean, I'm I'm just jacked. Oh, really? You haven't, huh? No, I've never been north of Minneapolis. Oh wow! Yeah, so. I don't know. I guess I was thinking we were going to get into like bear country and maybe like, you know, something crazy. But uh, I went and looked at it on the map. I don't think, I think we're still a smidge south of the big trees. Yeah, no, I, I don't, don't think we'll see any bears. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's cool. You know, it, it just, that whole area, it's so peaceful. I mean, he lives right on the river and you know, you just to wake up in the morning and you look out and it just, it's just awesome. You know, I always tell them that that is my second home, plain and simple, uh, that there's, there's just something about being there just feels right. I, li- I like it. I, I want to test it out. I'll see if it feels right for me too. There you go. No. Another thing uh, that we do got coming up here, Craig, uh, you know, we've kind of been telling uh, the listeners a little bit about this uh, fall brawl tournament uh, that we're going to put on through the Fish Donkey app. But uh, I'm in the final stages of uh, getting that set up. And, uh, um, yeah, I actually sent out a couple messages uh, to some, some very well-known uh, names in the fishing industry. And uh, I actually got an email back yesterday that Brian Brosdale is going to be finish, or fishing with us. That's awesome. That is so exciting. And, and what a cool opportunity for, you know, a lot of guys uh, – just to be able to say they're fishing the tournament against a guy like Brian Brosdow. Exactly. You know, Brian is just, he, you've had him on the show before, haven't you? Yep. I mean, yep. yeah, I thought so. Um, he's just one of the most true blue dudes you're ever going to meet. I mean, he's just such a genuinely good guy. And I, uh, funny story. I think I've told this to you before, but at the very first Dakota Angler Ice Institute, I was there with Dan Hogue and Cold Snap Outdoors, and Brian was running, uh, I want to say it was a Strike Master. I'm pretty sure he had Strike Master. Uh, he was Strike Master back then. I, maybe it was Jiffy's. I don't even remember. But he didn't have a Cold Snap cover on it, and Dan's like, hey, why don't you go give this to Brian just so if he's up there because he was demoing uh the augers when he was up there and it was strike master it was it was strike master but uh and it's so it was the first year we had the strike master covers and it's all coming back to me now and so anyway so i I go up there to hand him the strike master cover so when he's talking about the augers that covers on there and i was shaking like a leaf i was so (laughs) nervous i mean here this is the dude i see in a magazine and, and seen on tv and i mean he was just this bigger than life guy to me. And, and I was so nervous. I remember just like shaking as I'm handing this cover. I was like, Oh yeah, that's great. Thanks. You know? And, and I, you know, I seen him like two days later or maybe it was the next day. And he's like, Hey Craig, how's it going? And you know, I thought, Oh my God, he even knows my name now. And then a year later, he's like, Hey Craig, how, how, what, what'd you do last year? You know? And, 
And it was just, it was just one of those guys. And, and to be honest, you know, 99% of the guys in the ice fishing industry are that way too. I believe um, it, it was the same way with Ken's the first time I met him. I mean, that I, I probably could have thrown up, you know, when I went up to say hi to him just because I, I was just the same thing. He's this bigger than life guy that I've been following for 20 years. And here I am talking to him and, and, uh, you know, he, he is just such an approachable guy. And he asked me where I was from. And I said, Oh, Rapid City, South Dakota. And he said, Oh, the Black Hills. I drove through there once, but I've never fished it. And he, he just said, Well, I've always wanted to fish out there. And two years later, he came out and fished with me. And I was like, Holy cow, that's the coolest thing ever. Yeah, that, that worked out for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, no, it just, in, you know, just, the ice fishing and and I think you've got to experience it from some of the shows you guys have been to now. I mean, they truly are. There's so many great people in the industry. Right. And so, yeah, if we can get a few more guys signed up for, for that tournament, that'll be a blast for everyone. I think, you know, I, it'll be exciting to see what kind of turnout we get for it. Right. Right. For sure. And, you know, I kind of been sitting on my hands for too long and then I finally realized like, Holy moly, like, you know, if, if I'm going to get this going, I better get it going. And, uh, yeah, so I, I, won't, I really have not asked anyone really yet. So, but I did send out a message to Brian. He confirmed back that he'd love to do it. And, uh, so I know that he'll be doing it and I don't know. I'm, I'm really kind of jacked up to see, like you said, how many people we could actually get into this. And, uh, like I said, we're going to be taking all the money that we, that we can and be donating it to the Rapid City Club for Boys, uh, you know, outdoor recreation program, the Hooked on Hard Water program. And I don't know that Jim Gerard came up with that idea. And I just don't think there's a better idea in the world. Well, man, that means the world to me. And, and it, uh, I mean, you've got to experience it. It's a great cause, so it's well worth it. But that's pretty, pretty cool to to be on people's minds, even when it's not ice season. You know that uh, um, that, that speaks a lot for for the event and for the people that support it. Right. Right. No, I. I mean, I guess if you're going to have a tournament or whatever, I. I don't want to get rich off of a tournament. And yeah, I get that you. You know, you need to pay the the people that are winning and whatnot. But man, if you can, if you can make a little money to donate to uh, an organization like that and get to fish to do it, I mean, why wouldn't you, right? Yeah, man, I'm all for that. Right. So, well, yeah, I don't know, Craig. I guess uh, we're. We're at the 50-minute mark. I don't know. Do you got anything else you really uh, got any wild stories that uh, have come up over the last little while, or we can call this one good? Yeah, I don't know if I got any wild stories. You know, I I was thinking, I wasn't sure if you're going to make me end it with a feel-good story or not. Oh, give us one. I, I, my feel-good story is, it's not necessarily a feel good, but it's more of a, I want to give anybody the opportunity that if they ever, ever can go fishing with Chris Peters, I think they need to do it. I, you know, you know, Chris and, oh, yeah. and oh, talk yeah. with him. I mean, not only is he one of the, the coolest and greatest guys you're ever going to meet, but that dude does not screw around when it comes to eating, when it comes to cooking food, we, he went like before this trip, he went and bought a prime rib roast and cut it into steaks just so we could have steak and potatoes. And like me, you know, I'm buying like 
uh, chuck steaks or something for a camping trip, and he got prime rib steaks and cooked out. I mean, just every meal was top notch, and he's such a fun dude to to go on a trip with like that. And and uh, you know, he's just he's just one of those guys. You know, like I am pretty blessed to have uh, so many really good friends. But that that trip, you know, was there for a while. We didn't think he was going to be able to go on this trip, and. And it was like, well, you know, it sucks, but it's no big deal. But, man, I couldn't imagine that trip had he not gone. We'd have ate like peasants and slept in a tent and no, been he, hugging the shoreline in my boat, you know. So so it, it was pretty cool, you know. And, and I know he's the kind of guy that was just – he was super excited about that whole trip. And, and I mean, now it's just – it's going to be an annual thing for sure, and if not uh, more than once a year, you know. So oh, yeah. that was pretty cool. Uh, no, that's a good one. Uh, Chris is definitely one of the all-time greats. I mean, just, I mean, you want to talk about a dude who would do anything for his friends. I mean, that that dude's the real deal. You know what? Thinking of the old West days, I don't think I'd have to kill anybody because all I'd have to do is call Chris and say, hey, Scott Sherman's pissing me off, and he'd take care of it for me. He's I think of, he's that kind of guy. Kind of the Doc Holiday to the Wyatt Earp, huh? Yep, yep. I think that's what it is. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> My my feel good story. I don't I don't really have much. I actually have not fished in the last week. But uh, my feel good story is that Bassmaster is officially back. Uh, as we're recording this, uh, the tournament is just getting set to uh, kick off up there on the St. Lawrence River in New York. But uh, you know there was there was a pretty good probability that we weren't going to even have a tournament. And uh, now they they do have it uh, kicking off. So. Yeah, by the time this episode actually drops, we'll know who won up there. But uh, I don't know. I'm just going to go right out on a limb and say it. I, I think Seth Fighter uh, from up in Minnesota, uh, I don't know. I, I think he could end up taking it. So, you know, I'm in the, the fantasy league with you. You better get your you lineup can... set like right now. I already got it, man. Okay, okay. I, I got it set, but I actually did research on this. Oh, <laughs> I did. I looked up past winners, and I I looked up uh, – I, I didn't know their names. I couldn't tell you what their names are now, but I, I looked up past winners, and I looked for their names in the chart. I said, ah, I'm going with him. And I can't remember if I put Fighter in or not, but uh, um, I think I did just because I know his name. I'll, I'll remember I'll, now. I'll but, come right out and tell you my lineup right now. Uh, in the A bucket, I've got Jamie Hartman, B bucket, Bill Lowen, C bucket, Seth Fighter, D bucket, Corey Johnston, and E bucket. We got past guest Bob Downey. That's and and I'm thinking it's going to go 91 pounds. So I'm I'm looking it up here. All right. I got I got. Uh, ooh, I didn't do a fighter. Yeah, Scott Canterbury in the A. Okay. Old. Swindle and B, just because I will always go with Swindle because I think he is the funniest dude ever. He is for sure, and and, and, and he can catch him. He can, you know. He's one of those guys I do follow just enough that he's like a wild card. He ain't gonna win everyone, and he he might not even place. But he's he, you know, he's fairly consistent. But just every once in a while, he just blows it out of the water. So oh, for sure. I'm just counting on counting on him there, but then. For C, I got Micah Fraser. Oh, yeah. And D, Corey Johnson, and E, Chris Johnson. 
Oh, yeah. No, the Johnston boys are going to be heavy hitters. They have not been having a very good season this year, so I, I definitely would look for them to to do very good. Uh, Micah Frazier is always good. Um, yeah, Scott Canterbury is Canterbury good. and Frazier have both won it in the past, replaced in the top three in the past couple of years, so that's why I went with them. Otherwise, Swindle's the only one I ever even heard of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, yeah, that's yeah, all. That's all going to change. That's all going to change. You're you're starting well, to like I, it. I, I truly, I enjoy. Uh, I really enjoy, um, you know, getting into it and and figuring out who these people are and everything. So it's it's been great eye opener for me. You know, as far as uh, um, who I who knew there was that many people fishing these tournaments on such a regular basis. I had no idea. Right. It's and, great. Right. And that's just Bassmaster. There's Major League Fishing. There's FLW. I mean, next year there's going to be the National Professional Anglers Association. I mean, it, it's pretty crazy how many professional bass fishermen uh, there really are. Yep. Well, so easy to catch. I suppose it's probably pretty, uh, pretty, you know, simple for someone to say I'm going to become a professional bass angler, right? Pretty what? Easy to catch. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to settle this up on the Mississippi River. <laughs> All right, just remember, no mercy Oilers going to be in the boat with you. And you're my ride home, so. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, Craig. Well, we, I, I appreciate you filling in. Uh, yeah, we kind of did this one on a whim. Uh, my first ever uh, time sitting here in the studio without Matt, but uh, – I'll, I'll be flat out honest. I can't wait to get him back. <laughs> I don't think I could run this show by myself. So, no, Craig. Jeez, I, I almost, I'm, I'm taking that as an insult. No, it is not. It is not. It that is not. That was an insult. That Put is a poll up on the website. I bet everyone will say I should be insulted for that. That was not what I meant at all. You're not in studio. If, uh-huh. if you want to hop in that Ford truck and if you think they can make it. Willy now. If, that's all I'm hearing. Backpedaling. If you think you can make it all the way over here in that Ford truck, why don't you do it, and we'll have you on uh, next week in studio. Oh, uh, here we go. Uh, hey, maybe we should record one when I'm out there in a few weeks. We're in game with that. Again. We're game with that. <laughs> I'm sure your listeners are probably sick of my voice by now. No. Nope. And if they are, we don't got to you, – you don't got to even listen anymore, people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, that was wrong. That was wrong. Yeah, right. that was wrong. You're gonna scare ten of your listeners away. By I probably, that. I probably scared twenty five of them off. All of them. No. <laughs> all right, all right, man. I appreciate you swinging in, Craig. Uh, we will talk to you here in a couple weeks when we head up, uh, head up north. Sounds good, buddy. Talk to you soon. You bet. See ya.